Welcome to the First Pres podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. If you would like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, 10, and 11 o'clock. You can learn more about First Pres at www.first-pres.org. And today we look at our Lord who has authority to destroy division. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 to 22. And as we open, let's uh, open our hearts in prayer. Lord, please speak to us, we pray, by your word and spirit. And call us forward in faithfulness to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done by, in the body by human hands, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now... In Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near, for through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Amen. Amen. Me to we. Well, boundaries do matter. In, um, in July uh, 1995, I was enlisted in the Army Reserve, and I was not an officer. An officer, if you're enlisted, that means you salute the officers, and, and you don't get saluted uh, by, by anyone. <laughs> not even your kids. But two years later, in 1997, I received a direct commission as a second lieutenant to begin my time as a chaplain. I became an officer, one who gets saluted. And so I was excited, and I, still in my uniform, I took my wife Abigail over to Fort Myer in Washington, D.C., in Arlington, and, and uh, we pulled up uh, to a, a beautiful hill and parked and walked out on the grass overlooking D.C. in the sunset when all the lights were coming on and all the memorials. It was absolutely beautiful. And as we stood there, uh, an MP, a military police, uh, came along and parked his car, got out, started walking directly toward us, and I thought, oh, this is perfect. 
Abigail is now going to see this corporal uh, render me a salute. (laughs) But he didn't salute. He said, sir, do you know where you're standing? This is the general's parade grass. It is walked on twice a year, and not by you. (laughs) He said, I'm going to let it go this time, but please pay attention to signs. And then he rendered a sharp salute. But it didn't feel as good as I'd hoped. See, boundaries matter. But sometimes, don't we get uh, too many boundaries? Sometimes we get too attached to, to division and lines of differentiation. We separate ourselves from others without much effort. It's as easy as falling off a wagon for us to see the whole world as us and them. Jesus has another way. Jesus destroys division. Now, you and I, we might need help destroying division. In this new church in Ephesus, there there were those who grew up Jewish and then came to know the Lord. And there were those who grew up Greek and Roman and then came uh, to know the Lord. And they were different. They were different people. There was a big divide between. There was no bigger divide than, than you were either part of the covenant people of God or you were not. That's it. The whole world was divided into Jewish and Gentile. And in fact, this was biblical. This was right. God used a particular people to reveal his character to the world in salvation history. But Jesus destroyed this division. It wasn't purposeless, this this separation, this division. But with the coming of Jesus, it was over. The dividing wall had to come down. The temple in, in Jerusalem had a literal wall called the Mesotoikos that separated the true people of God where they worshipped from where outsiders could gather and look in. Now in Acts 21, a crowd incited violence against Paul, shouting, fellow Israelites, help us. This is the man who teaches everyone, everywhere, against our people and our law and this place. And besides, he has brought Greeks into the temple and defiled this holy place. They had previously seen Trophimus, the Ephesian, in the city with Paul and assumed that Paul had brought him into the temple. They assumed. Now, now read Ephesians 2.14. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. The word dividing wall is mesotoikos. It's a very rare word, and it was almost always used to describe that wall in the temple. Do you follow Paul got in trouble, you know, maybe, maybe Paul got a little bit in trouble for possibly walking in Ephesian past that wall. And now he writes to the church in Ephesus and he says, just as the veil that separated God from people has been torn from the top to the bottom, now that wall 
that wall's destroyed by Jesus. The wall that, dis- that uh, separated people from people is destroyed by Jesus on the cross. Now, just look at the name calling. Verse 11, if you have your Bibles open, Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is something done in the body by human hands. You see what's happening there? I know it's a sentence fragment. You see, but you see what happened? It's just name calling. We're on this team, and so we call you, you know, uh, the other team. I won't go into circumcision. If Kids, if you don't know what that is, ask your mom on the way to the car. But <laughs> the point is that it's just name calling. It's just us and them, you know? It's just me and, and whoever's not me. It's us and whoever's not us. Them and, and we're the un-them. We're not them. It's so easy for us to split into division and just start calling each other names. It's like that story of the man who was found on a deserted island. and all, on, on his time on the island, he had built up kind of a little city and built all these buildings to pretend to have a, a life there. And They rescued him, and, but there were two churches in his little city. And they said, why two churches? And he said, oh, well, here's where I go to church. That's where I used to go to church. (laughs) Let's resist false division, right? We might need help destroying division. Friends, look what Jesus did. Verse 14. For he himself is our peace who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with all of its commands and regulations. Jesus has completed the law in this regard. He's completed the project of showing God's character through this particular genetic lineage, the children of Abraham, and he's finished now, he's completed the Jewish-Gentile divide. And by the way, it was not to make... He didn't make one person into the other person. See, he didn't make one have to become the other. If it's gold and lead, Jesus didn't turn lead into gold, and he didn't turn gold into lead. He made a new thing. You see, A new humanity, a new people. It goes on, verse 15. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. And in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death. He killed. He ended. He, he, he put a period on their hostility against one another. A totally new humanity is created in Christ in which both parties are, are equals. Actual unity. Real oneness. In Christ. And here's the amazing claim. God says this new humanity is his temple on earth. He says, You'll find me there. Verse 19. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In Him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in Him, you too 
are being built together. A dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. A new people, a new building, a new home. As Eugene Peterson puts it in the message, a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. He's quite at home in the people He builds together. Quite at home. Jesus destroys division. But our tendency is to fall back into division. It's easier for us to reduce things to, to us and them. It's easier to be name callers than uniters. It's, it's easier to spout off on social media than to actually try to understand. It's as old as, as Cain and Abel. Now, they didn't have Facebook. I wouldn't want to have watched what Cain posted on Facebook. <laughs> but it's as old as Cain and Abel. Adam and Eve's... Uh, Boys, they were brothers. You can read about this in Genesis 4. And and Cain and Abel, they both brought sacrifices to God. Abel kept animals and brought the very best, the firstborn from his flock as a sacrifice. Cain was a farmer and brought probably some leftovers from his, his crops. Now, God appreciated Abel's sacrifice. But Cain's sacrifice, he rejected. And likely, too, it was that there was a need for an atoning sacrifice and, and uh, an offering to cover the toxic poison of sin. It had to be a blood offering. And I'm sorry to run over the story so fast if you don't know it. But here's what happened. Cain, overcome by jealousy and rage, he took his brother Abel out into the field and he killed him. Now, here's what I want to point out. When you look at the story of Cain and Abel, it isn't all just whether it's grain or flesh. Look at this now. Let's say it was an atoning sacrifice requiring blood. Fine. In that case, Cain was supposed to work with his brother Abel. So he was supposed to trade some of his produce to to then have a flesh sacrifice to bring. God set it up from the very beginning that we were supposed to work together. We were supposed to rely and depend on one another. We were supposed to soften our edges with one another and find compromise and be built together, one partnership of humanity before God. But Cain didn't want to do that. He wanted his own thing. So Cain killed his brother. And the blood of Abel cried out from the soil. Hebrews 12 says, You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. Watch this now. To Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. The blood of Abel spilled by his own brother Cain. The blood of hatred and division does not get the last word. The blood of Jesus speaks louder. Jesus destroys division. Sadly, we're the children of Cain. I think when I think about this, I, um, 
the authority of Jesus to, to destroy division. I think about families who've adopted from far cultures and brought a child in, and uh, the parents have to, they have to speak to the family authoritatively. You know, someone has to get up and say very clearly, listen, there's no difference, kids. There's no division. There's no separation. This is one family, one household. Even as they keep alive the beauty of the culture of origin of the adopted child, the statement of unity has to be loud and clear. You see? We may have been American and and Korean. We may have been Ethiopian and American, Chinese and, and American. But this family now is all of us. It's we, not just the me of each genetic background. And the middle wall is torn down by love. But it takes a push. And we might need help destroying division. Friends, it is amazing uh, that we're reading this very passage, which uh, we planned together over a year ago, the very week that our nation is embroiled in in this dialogue about uh, borders and border issues. And the national dialogue, you know, it seeps in, it becomes our work dialogue, it becomes our family dialogue, our social media dialogue, it becomes our church dialogue. And And what are we supposed to say? What do we say? about children at our borders. We as believers, as Christians, as followers of a God who sent His his Son to die on a sacrificial death on the cross to destroy division. What do we just say? Well, there's no easy solution. We stand for uh, law and order. God grants government sovereignty for peace and for the common good. Boundaries and, and borders, they matter. But on the other hand, along with many who are, as I understand it, who are perhaps attempting to manipulate the system or do harm, along with them, there are many families fleeing horrible violence and and terrible situations who are in need of true compassion. What do we say? We declare with confidence that all people matter equally to God. We are one blood. One blood. Our creation doctrine teaches us we've come from one blood. Our salvation doctrine teaches us that Jesus unites us in one blood, poured out as a sacrifice for all of us. Whatever else, we as Christians confidently declare to any other person in the whole planet, hey, we are one blood, you and I. And all of our ethics are driven by love. Love God and love neighbor. Well, love risks self-sacrifice. It wants the well-being of another, even at potential loss to self. Christian love says no matter what you have or haven't done, no matter where you come from, your children are just as valuable and worthy of as much dignity as my own. We stand for the sanctity of family and the dignity of every person. So, so, look, it isn't easy. We might need help. As political lines are drawn and, and and set up adversaries, set up their turrets and dig in their trenches and set their traps for one another and launch the name calling campaigns, friends in Christ, this is what I want to say to you do not take the bait. Don't take the bait of Cain. 
Don't jump into the fray villainizing opponents and shouting across lines. That's the curse of Cain and Abel. The blood of Jesus speaks a better word. The blood of Jesus attests the love of God found in Jesus Christ. It declares the power of His sacrifice over all of us, over all people. It proclaims the blood of Jesus over the blood of Cain and Abel. It declares, even in disagreement and controversy and drama and pain and politics, it declares that in Christ, division is destroyed. Oh, I don't know. I don't have all the answers. It's tough. We might need help. We might need help destroying division. We find help looking to Jesus. I want to close with this. Looking at verses 12 and 13. Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. We find help, friends. We find help in Jesus when we remember we once were lost. I once was lost. Far from God. Lost to Him. Excluded. Divided cut off, without rights, without citizenship, separated from the covenants of promise. You know, that was me. And maybe that was you. Maybe that's you this morning. I don't know my place in the family of God. I don't know my name in the city of God. I don't know that I'm ever going to be at home with God without hope. And without God in the world. Verse 13. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. There is a place where two lines come together and intersect. Sinners and saints Gentiles and Jews, women and men, all nations, every race. There is an intersection of grace where they all come together. The cross of Calvary. And on that cross hung a man who also was God. A holy one who died for sin. In Jesus we are no longer divided but one in the blood of Jesus Christ who poured out His one blood, a sacrificial offering for all who call on His name. We are united, not only to one another, but united to God. Jesus destroyed division in Him, in Christ. In Christ, you see, we are not just mashed together and told to tolerate one another. And in Christ, we are not just... just pressed all together and leaving our, all of our distinctiveness and individuality behind, becoming one fog of, of some kind of amalgam. We are told in Christ that there is another plane, another way of life entirely in which you and I and all of our distinctiveness and particularity and all the beauty of our diversity, all of that comes together on that plane in Christ as one, one family, one household.
under one name and one spirit. Not just me, but we, to the glory of the name of Jesus Christ, carried home, past the wall, and into the family of God. Would you pray with me? Oh, Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have authority to destroy division and tear down the wall that divides. Oh, Lord, keep us one. Build us up in your temple, brick by brick, with you, Lord Jesus, our chief cornerstone and head. And help us to lean on you and to stand in line with you in every way we possibly can. Be glorified, Lord Jesus, and be with us in your mercy and in your grace as we turn to your cross. In Jesus' name we pray. Thanks for listening to our First Prez podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.first-prez.org.